Incident Response. Where are the gaps? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking today with Rob Lee. He's the Curriculum Lead for Digital Forensic Training at SANS Institute. Rob, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Uh, great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me again. Just to set the topic for us here, give us a little bit of your background in Incident Response, Rob, please. Um. I've been working uh, in digital forensics in response pretty much the entire 15 years of uh, my career so far. The um, real quick background, I was former Air Force, worked in the AFOSI, and also the 609th Information Warfare Squadron. Uh, in both of those instances, we were both investigating uh, computer crime and, um, intrusions that occurred and also did a lot of incident response uh, in coordination with the AFSERTs and other DOD uh, elements. After I was uh, with the Air Force, I went to the intelligence community and worked uh, for information security uh, group uh, supporting um, multiple different agencies in the uh, D.C. area until I uh, most recently was at a company called Mandiant, and we did a lot of incident response uh, across the Fortune 500 commercial uh, uh, groups that are out there as well as the defense industrial branch uh, looking for uh, advanced adversaries such as advanced persistent threats. Well, Rob, over the past year, there have been so many incidents. Which one of the security breaches comes to mind when you start thinking about incident response and some of the trends that we've seen? You know, the interesting thing, and I, and I, I, I thought this would be one of the questions, and it's hard to nail down to just one, and here's why. The major issue that's currently going on in the industry right now is that most organizations, most corporations are finding themselves in some sort of data breach uh, situation. A lot of them is not detailed. The uh, percentage of es estimation, percent estimated percentage of corporations of the Fortune 500 that are currently compromised are up around 40%. Now, I'm not hearing a lot of these in the public eye because a lot of it is not being uh, discussed because either uh, payment card information or PI uh, type data, public uh, uh, private identifiable information is not being stolen. It's more economic and intellectual property theft. Uh, by advanced adversaries, and they've been uh, the moniker uh, that is currently used as advanced persistent threat. The uh, real situation comes down to that it, 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 there's so many out there that's almost too numerous to potentially, you know, uh, pick one. And that's not just saying, hey, well, you know, I don't want to focus on one. You could, you know, choose RSA, you could use the Sony breach, you could use any of these uh, that have really popped up over the last year that caused a lot of discussions. But the real issue is that almost every organization out there is having to deal with this up front. And primarily why is that they're simply not detecting the intrusions. They are uh, com uh, completely missing the elements that uh, they're currently compromised and they were unaware of it. In some cases, these compromises have been ongoing for months, if not years, before they're finally informed about them, usually by a third-party entity. Now, the data that I have to back that up is not just my own personal experience, but there are three reports out there that all echo the same percentages. The uh, Mandiant report, Entrance, uh, from 2012, uh, has around 90% of all intrusions of the Fortune 500 that they've investigated were notified by third parties. You have the Trustwave report, also almost the exact same percentage of uh, organizations that have not been able to detect the intrusions notified by third party. Then you also have, finally, the Verizon data breach report around the same percentage, also showing that most organizations simply cannot detect the fact that they've been compromised. 
So we're talking about a macroscopic problem, not a very uh, specific one at this point. Well, Rob, when we look beyond the issue of intrusion and we get into responding to the incidents, what are some of the common gaps that you see revealed in organizations' incident response um, procedures? This is a really great question. The biggest gap that I that I see is typically that most organizations' uh, incident response policy is not set in, in reality. If you just go look at the paperwork, the reality basically is that uh, it's set up to more for insider threat type um, worries that there, you have HR, you have uh, legal, you have too many entities that are involved in trying to drive the process, and you really don't have a nice agile team. So the first thing I usually recommend to organizations in uh, incident response type situations is that you need to make sure you have a dedicated team. And most of the times, and this is another part of the problem, is that most teams in organizations are virtual, meaning that you pull people off their normal jobs to do incident response. But the challenge that's occurring now is that incident response is never going away at this point. You're constantly in some cycle uh, from here forward dealing with these advanced intruders that your core team, basically, that becomes their full-time job. And most organizations have not been adequately prepared to do that. But that's the first step. Is you have the policy in the end of your team organization is, you know, at the start, not really prepared for massive onslaught. The second issue is that the tools that most teams need is what I call the scalability equation. And you need a single incident responder to be able to respond to not just one machine, but potentially 500 to 1,000 machines simultaneously. And that can even go uh, higher numbers if they become decent at what they're doing and trying to respond to that many machines at uh, one time or look for uh, indicators of uh, an adversary inside their environment. So the scalability side is, is, is ending up being a huge gap that most organizations just aren't are able to uh, wrap their uh, organization around because they typically have thought one responder to one machine, but now you're dealing with how do you respond to an enterprise with 10,000 machines where you don't know where the intruders are. Rob, you mentioned some key stakeholders there, legal, HR. When you think of incident response, what are the key bases organizations really have got to have covered before they proceed? It's a very interesting uh, a question. I, I just taught a class in incident response management, um, and uh, there was a lot of managers in there. It's a very similar question. And I said the part of the problem is that most organizations simply are, they have a really good mindset in terms of, in terms of information security prevention, that they're uh, trying to you know, make it very difficult for someone to potentially uh, gain a foothold, but they have very few uh, capabilities installed trying to actually detect the intruders, which, you know, again, leans toward the statistics I mentioned earlier. The Without decent detection, there's really nothing to respond to unless you receive a phone call. So your entire incident response process, if you focus on your efforts there, ends up being a lot of work without potentially much uh, payback. So I usually tell organizations that they need to, uh, while they're worrying about the information security prevention, they need to start bolstering additional mechanisms to start doing uh, better detection. And once things are detected, then you can respond to it. But without detection, you're, you know, uh, if fat, dumb, and happy is what the uh, adage goes. And a lot of organizations will tout uh, statistics and say, hey, we've never had an incident. And that's where you start scratching your head because I'm not sure that I would feel comfortable with those statistics based on what we're seeing these days. It probably means that you're saying you can't detect the incidents that are going on. So the real base of coming into the question 
that most organizations, it's not a, you know, do you have the right policy, do you have the right people in place, is do you, are you effectively comfortable knowing that you can detect an intrusion when it occurs, therefore you know when to engage trans response team and capabilities. Rob, let's talk about SANS Institute now. What are the types of training and certifications that SANS offers that are relevant to incident response? Well, it's a, it's a uh, good question. That, you know, the, this has been an ongoing uh, transition for even SANS over the past uh, five or six years. The incident response has become uh, something that was used to be virtualized, used to be, you know, during a, a situation you would do one-to-one, but now we're starting to have uh, think about we have to train individuals to be able to respond to nation-state actors or advanced adversaries who are good and decent and persistent in their activities, and they're probably not going to just uh, you know go away because you can't arrest them. You know, there there are entities out there that are basically uh, outside of law enforcement. No matter how much we potentially try to go after them, it's it's not going to stop them. So organizations and uh, need to start focusing on how do we train individuals to not only uh, detect and respond to them, but, you know, what I call the transition from the incident responder into a hunter. Someone who's able to actively not only respond to incidents, but able to go, you know, seek out the crime and intrusion that's currently going on in, inside the organization. So as a result of that, um, uh, we've developed the course where actually we just are about to release a brand new version of our forensics and incident response training um, in May, which basically focuses on a real world and real life uh, enterprise level incident that uh, we had set up uh, with the same techniques that the advanced adversaries are using to mimic what an responder will see, so they can actually get their hands on the data, really get a feel for what it's like to you know respond, how they're able to penetrate an organization, and how you're able to detect where where they went. So the real point of the course is not only how to re- effectively respond to it, detect it, how do you uh, effectively get what you need out of it to respond to the larger organization to make sure that you definitely have scoped out um, exactly the locations where these responders are. So that new course is actually coming out in May, and the exercise that's built up has almost taken a year uh, to, to create. And uh, it's, I'm really excited about it because it's probably the most realistic scenario that, you know, you, uh, uh, attendee could probably get their hands on without actually being in an incident at this point. So, Rob, there are so many people in an organization that have got a piece of incident response. Who among them is best suited for this training you've just described? Um, well, for the, uh, for the course, Forensics 508 is, is the course title. It's Advanced Forensics and Incident Response. The type of individual that's best suited for that is uh, someone who's definitely more on the uh, sysadmin, more on the technical side. It's a uh, it's, more, it's definitely more leaning to an advanced course because we do cover memory forensics, we do cover advanced timeline analysis. So the uh, the best type of person that I usually find is someone a you have really good problem solving skills, and they're not afraid to be in a situation where he says, well, "I'm that they're staring at something that they don't know what it is," and, but they're willing to just you know gnaw at it until they figure it out. And we, you know, we basically intentionally place some of these items in front of the students uh, in order for them to basically say, in the real world, you're going to be facing very similar circumstances, so how do you potentially respond to it? So there's no black and white, how do you do this? But there is a very good process that we establish with these individuals. 
So typically, I see someone who's definitely on the technical side, but I've actually uh, had individuals who are very motivated, don't have as much technical experience as others, but end up being some of the best responders because they have that key problem-solving skill, that, that the tenacity that says, you know, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm not going to quit until I figure it out. And uh, that's the type of individual that usually succeeds well uh, in both in response and, you know, an organization, but also who, who would do well in the training environment like you set up. So final question for you, Rob. As you say, it's just a matter of time before an organization sees its next incident. What are the key area or areas that organizations must address before this next incident occurs? It goes back to, you know, the initial stats I said. Right now, we're not going to be in a situation where we could claim that we're making good headway against the adversaries that we're currently up against until most organizations are detecting them, meaning that uh, those statistics I mentioned earlier would fall below 50% um, of companies being notified by third parties that they have an intrusion going on inside their walls. Um, You know, answer response is a huge component of that because when you start getting into more scalable enterprise answer response using threat detection and uh, threat intelligence uh, techniques that are now out there, it really helps move an organization to... uh, detect these incidents, know where to look for them, start to hunt in their organization more so than they've ever done before. Not just, uh, you know, placing all your hope in your imaginal line of preventative defenses. You know, those still need to be there, but they, you know, the organizations need to transition over into a, we're going to hunt down uh, these intrusions, assuming that they're probably going to be there. And we need to set up some uh, tools and techniques and dedicated individuals that are going to be hunting for them. And I really think those numbers will drop once these organizations start to do that transition. We've seen it, by the way, in organizations that have been uh, routinely compromised by these advanced adversaries. They learn fast. And over a year, it's almost night and day between organization that was pre-knowledge uh, of intrusion and a year later where they're actively detecting, responding, and eliminating beachheads, data exfiltration points, malware, uh, routinely and continuously across their enterprise organization. Rob, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Tom. We've been talking about incident response, and I've been talking with Rob Lee, Curriculum Lead for Digital Forensic Training at Sands Institute. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.